Life Audio. Hey, it's time for Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club. I'm Cynthia Garrett, and I will be right with you in just a moment after this. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Well, hello, everybody. I am Cynthia Garrett, and welcome to Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club. You know where you are. This is the place where real girls have real talk about real issues while seeking to walk in real faith and figure out how to live out our real faith. This week and for the next three weeks for August, as a special blessing, what we're going to do here in studio is look at some clips of a very special series that launched me in ministry called The London Sessions with Cynthia Garrett. It's a show that has aired on TBN. It has not aired anywhere else or on any other platform. And if you like the excerpt that you're going to get sort of here, then you can go and watch the full one-hour episodes of these shows at CynthiaGarrett.org. If you just go to CynthiaGarrett.org, you can find out how to get there or just see the link in the description here. So for now, I hope this blesses you um, because I've been having real talk with real women for a long time. It's the thing that actually launched me in ministry. It's the cause of women that has actually made me care about what God's opinion is about our lives and about how we live our lives and about how we're thinking and about how bold we are or are not. I know for a fact that I was called to boldness. I know for a fact that I was called to wake up your boldness. So I hope you enjoy these conversations um, that are a part of the very first series in, in, in ministry, really, that I ever did. I call it ministry, but the funny thing is it's really, uh, these were just the first conversations that I had publicly with the camera running that mirror the conversations that I have every day in my real life with men and women anywhere that I go. Because everywhere I go, I'm just me. And I'm always looking for God's point of view in the madness. Enjoy. Today, we're gonna, we're gonna sing and, 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 and we're gonna figure some things out because so many of us have so many points of view about dating. I know I did. I know I do. I know that when it came to dating, I loved it. I hated it. And I didn't do it. 
Then I refused to do it at all unless and until I was dating the man that I knew would be my husband, which brings up a whole other issue. How do you know? right? So even as I moved toward my own personal clarity about this issue of dating, it was still somewhat vague. It was actually pretty vague until my son shed some light on it last night, and we'll get to that later. There are a lot of opinions in the kingdom about what godly dating is and what it isn't and when it's right and when it's not. And wow, to be honest with you, I think like most of us, I knew a lot more about dating in worldly terms than what you'd call godly dating But I've come to the conclusion that nobody knows anything about dating in the world at all. (laughs) And we don't know a lot more in the kingdom, or do we? Well, we read the Bible, so we at least get the save the sex for marriage part right. But a lot of Christians date without any clear intentions at all being stated. And then that's kind of torture for women because it causes the woman to be on an endless audition. That sucks. There really is no paradigm for dating in the Bible historically at all. That's part of the problem. Historically, people didn't date. They courted, and there was a huge difference. There was some commitment involved. So now that we're all completely confused and agree on the fact that dating just is really not an easy thing, well, what's God's point of view of dating, and what's the world's point of view of dating? Joining us today is Carrie Lloyd, journalist and author of The Virgin Monologues, and Sarah Abel, who was an agony aunt and dating columnist for The Telegraph and has founded NakedHedgehogs.com, encouraging authenticity in relationships. So what, what advice would you give, godly advice, for someone who wants to actually figure out, okay, I want to date this person. How do I decide if it's someone I should or shouldn't date? What's the, what's the signpost? I think the starting point is getting to know someone. You know, mm-hmm. so do you have a good friendship as a basis for a relationship? Like, do you actually get on? Do you know them? Um, I think relationships take different phases, and there's the first phase is a, is a knowledge phase, and and sometimes we in the world we skip that phase and we go straight to the physical phase. But there's a knowledge phase, there's a a, a rely phase, there's a trust phase, there's a commit phase, and there's a f- physical phase, and we. A relationship should build through those different phases. And we need to get to know people. And that's about building friendships. That's very easy to do. That's about connecting. It's about being curious. It's about getting to know people. It's about finding out who they are, what life is like through their eyes, and then seeing if the Lord's going to take that relationship any further, whether you choose to take that relationship any further, whether the two of you want to make that decision. Um, I think we overcomplicate it. I so agree. I so agree. We do overcomplicate it. Trust is a big deal, and it's not trust of each other as much as it is trust of the Lord and the plan that he has for your life. That if this is the person, you'll both get there and you'll know it. Yeah, very, very, very true. I want you guys to... um, to speak to the it's not good for man to be alone scripture in Genesis 2. Then the Lord God said... It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. You know, and there are many scriptures that speak to the, you know, don't be alone. It is good to to find a a mate. It's also good if you don't. So how do you get to that place based upon kind of scripture like this? And when Paul explains that, you know, you don't have to be married. You can be alone. How do you say to young women who so desperately seem to want to have a husband, hey, it's okay to be alone also. What do you tell them? 
do you ever, are, is there a way to deliver that news? I'm curious to hear from both of you on this because I know you're both <laughs> pregnant with much to say. <laughs> so okay, we'll start. We'll start with you, Karen. Okay. Um, the entire kingdom is based on relationships. Totally. How that manifests is into, into different relationships is then another subject. Yes, man shouldn't be alone. We shouldn't be alone. We shouldn't be in the middle of the field in a toadstool feeling at one with the Lord. The whole point of the Lord and His love with us is part of our relationship with each other. Paul. Paul didn't care so much about whether you were married or single. He cared about your undivided devotion to the Lord. Amen. So whatever your season is, I think we get so fascinated with marrying. And, you know, I'm 35. I'm single. Right? I'd love to get married. I'd love to have children. I'd love to have all of those beautiful blessings that we are given. But they are a blessing. They're not necessarily a success or a failure rate. And I have to keep reminding myself that I'm lovable even if I haven't got a husband yet. And I'm surrounded by brilliant brothers, brilliant sisters, who are keeping me accountable to my own desires of having a kingdom marriage, not just a normal marriage. Right. And so that, that comes around a little bit harder. And finding a miracle marriage, is, is a, it is a miracle, I think, in, in the end, that we become married at all. Totally. So it's a beautiful totally. blessing that we have, but I think we can't decide our identity on whether we're single or married. And I totally. think keeping a devoted life to the Lord in whatever season you are in Totally. We should take some audience questions because I, I know you guys have got to have some questions on this subject. I think Anais, um, we spoke a little bit, yeah, before. So you say that there's um, no roadmap really for dating and you talk about how you need to be content in the season that you're in. And um, I, I am and I've, I love being single and all the kind of things that I sort of do, it's great. And I've had a sort of focus on my career and my studies and that's fine. But at the same time, I'm sort of coming up to my 28th birthday and it's like, uh, okay, so um, is he coming? <laughs> yeah, like, like, where is he? And how do I prepare for that sort of in a practical sense? I mean, I heard Carl Lentz say, um, you know, just occupy your street and sort of just have that focus, just keep doing what you're doing. But sort of what does that look like? That's a loaded question. <laughs> where do we start? Yeah, I'm kind of, you know, I'm sort of like, hmm, you're coming up to 28 and you've never been on a date. You would have gotten this question in one of your columns. Come on, Sarah, what do you, what do you tell this girl? <laughs> I think it sounds like you're doing great. You're, yes. you're focusing on what you're passionate about. You're living life. You're enjoying it. And I think that's brilliant. I would say it's just be out there, be meeting new people. That would be my question. Are you continually meeting new people? Are you meeting new guys to be friends with just or generally just to meet? Um, because sometimes I find in our church pool, um, that we can hang around with the same guys all the time. And it's like, how do we, how do we yeah. meet new people? Um, how do we widen our circle of the kind of people that we're meeting? That's something practical yeah. that we can do. Um, and, that, and I think it really helps to keep pursuing our, our passion. It's about running the race. It's about um, being so focused on what you're passionate about that kind of when this guy comes along, it's a bit like he's tapping you on the shoulder saying, I'm, I'm here. And I think you're more likely to meet them someone who shares your passion and shares the similar things that you love when you're doing those things. So whatever, whatever it is, if you, you know, love politics or you love um, mending cars or you love, you know, what, what, what do you love? What do you love doing? A lot of different things, uh, but definitely journalism and uh, singing and um, just a lot of broad range of things. Production, actually, as well. It's quite fun. 
<laughs> so there are men in all those areas, singing, yeah. journalism, production. <laughs> Join more choirs is basically what was in there. Oh, dear think, Sarah, that, yeah, was, that was good was great. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. Really good answer. Yeah, exactly. And don't feel inadequate about it. I wish I'd made it to 28 years old and had never had a date or been kissed. Yeah. I was going to say that about don't let any, if there is, I'm, I'm not sure if there is or not, but if there's any niggle that says, I haven't had a date and I'm 28, if that's making you in any way question yourself, don't let it. I dated before 28, but I, I'm not with any of those. <laughs> so it doesn't necessarily, it's a fruitful thing, dating people all the time. And I would say that you do serve the author of time. So the, the, the whole factoid of whatever age you are as a woman, it, it really isn't... We're not all expected to be married in our 20s, I don't think, personally. I think the Lord has great plans for many people. Some of the best marriages I've known started when they were 50. So you do have a lot of time on your hands. I would also say the other thing is that there's a whole cliche of if you're running after Christ and he's running after Christ and you'll meet each other somewhere at the crossroads, that whole cliche thing, which is true. I would say... If there's a desire in your heart to meet someone, be with someone, that's legal. You are allowed to have, you are allowed to have days which you go, this sucks, actually. I really would love to be intimate with someone and, and be known by one person and persevere life with someone. That is a real thing that the Lord planted in your heart. So it's all right to go gentle on yourself on those days where it's just, it feels a bit tougher. On other days, in the season that you're in, in whatever season that looks like, there are times where we do expect the Lord to provide for us. And sometimes we're not coming into an agreement of, actually being opportunistic in our environment. So that's exactly what Sarah was saying. I think it was brilliant to just making sure you're not in the tower. Because sometimes, I, I remember me and my girlfriend, you know, we're both sort of both single. And we like to think, you know, we're good women of God. But, <laughs> you know, I look and I'm going, and there is that horrible line that people say to you, go, how are you single? As if it's a terrible thing. <laughs> I said it to you. Yeah, I'm how are you going, single? Yeah. yeah, how are you single? Men are stupid. Like, how and is you're like, possible? I know, I don't no. know. I know. I just don't say. And then so there's that. The and it time. kind of is marginalizing, really, because it's like, you know, it's it. I, I, yeah. People did it to me a lot. Right. I got married late in my 40s, you, you, so I was one of those women that people right. went, you know, the same thing. How are you single? And I remember sometimes feeling like, I, I, don't, I know. don't know if I'm so fabulous. Why am I single? Yeah. What's wrong with me? Yeah. You know, but but and they mean it wrong. well. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, yeah, we put it, we're tough on ourselves sometimes. Yeah. But the tower thing, I, we basically had this concept of that she, she was, you know, kind of just living life as, as she was doing and living in the, what she would call the tower. So a little bit frightened about putting a foot out there just in case. And I didn't even know there was a tower. I'm fighting the dragons on my own <laughs> just with my sword. Just in the, There's a tower? I didn't even know I could get some rest with this. So there's a kind of beautiful balance of, of, of just being joyful and just enjoying your life that you have. Because I think sometimes... Some of my girlfriends go, gosh, I spent most of my 20s wanting to be married. I'm married. I'm like, why didn't I just enjoy the moment right. and right. have a good time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. so true. I remember my husband asking a friend that question. He said, well, how would you live your life today if you knew, if yeah. I could guarantee you would be married in a year? Ooh. Like, how would you live That's life today? Like, what difference yeah. would that make? If, you, if that was a guarantee for you, would you yeah. live your life any differently today? Yeah. And she said, yeah, well, I would worry less. I would spend more, yeah. less time kind of, like, yeah. doing that. I thought it was just a really good question. Yeah. Like, you know, how, how totally. would you? Totally. You would have actually, all the worry would have been gone. Right. All the fear would have been gone. Everything other people said wouldn't have mattered yeah. because you would have been like, 
I'm going to be married in two years and I'm going to suck the life out of every moment the Lord gives me right now. I'm going to spend all the time I want alone with him. I'm going to take the trips that I want. I'm going to enjoy my family and my friends because those things definitely change. You know, you become concerned with the affairs of your household. You know, and I really am. I'm very concerned with the affairs of my household. Yeah. Uh, and I miss, you know, I have girlfriends who'll call me and we, we have the best time laughing about the times we used to have. And that's like, right. oh, thank God I got a little bit. You know what I mean? But yeah. you do. It's, it, yeah. it changes, you know. Um, Aurelia, there's someone in the audience named Aurelia who had a question. Hi. Hi. Um, I have a question for you. Um, is there such a thing as the one? And if there is, where does free choice fit in? Ooh. Great question. Great, great, great. Uh, boy, in, in, a, in a quick nutshell on that one, I think, I think there's, there, I think I've had in my life, I think there were probably three who could have been the one. Um, so is there such a thing as the one, one, I'm not so sure about that because I think that's where free choice fits in. I was free to choose in my 20s, you know, the one who I probably, you know, I know that I could have married. I know he would have been a good husband. The free choice that came in was we were both free to become mature Christians or to remain idiots. (laughs) Self-focused on all the wrong things. And not really growing in Christ, but stumbling around trying to figure things out and, you know, and causing some damage. So the one became the ex, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and then a few years later, maybe there's someone else. And you, so I I do feel like many women meet someone that they could be married to multiple times. It's just, you're not ready. And, and it is free free choices involved. I remember going to a friend's wedding and, uh, the vicar was brilliant because um, these two friends had gone on, off, on, off in their dating relationship. And he couldn't kind of decide whether to commit. He wasn't sure, is this the one? You know, it was a big pressure. He went to try a few other ones and came back and then kept coming back. Anyway, finally, we were there at this wedding and the vicar was great. He said, the time for choosing is over. This is God's choice for you. And it was like up until that time of getting married, we have choice. Once we... Once we make those vows, yeah. it is God's choice for us. Yeah. And so then they become the one. But it's not like out of all the billion people on the earth, there is one person. And if we don't kind of yeah. go to the right country at the right yeah. time, we're not going to meet them. <laughs> the whole of the cosmos is out <laughs> right. if we right. made the wrong move. Right. Yeah. There's, a, there's a Cynthia in the audience with a question. Uh, so basically my question is... Um, how do you handle, like, if you're in the same church with an ex, how do you handle the situation being in the same church with an ex-boyfriend or an ex-girlfriend? I mean, I've oh, been yes. in the same church. I love this yeah, I girl. Oh. Carrie, this has your name all, all over it. Let me tell you something. No, um, so, yeah, I, my church has about two or three exes in it at the moment so worship is incredibly interesting one of them is playing in the back there the other one's behind i'm like oh lord thank you (laughs) um that's why i think we need to be really good at breakups um i'm very fortunate i think i i have to be honest i'm without sounding like a philandra um all of my ex-boyfriends would talk to each other and um we you know and i have good healthy relationships with them 
I do not understand why when we go out with someone and then we break up with them, we're all in love. We, we will catch a grenade for them when we're going out right. with them and all of a sudden we want to throw a grenade at them right. if it didn't work out. I don't understand how we became so bipolar It's true. in our feelings towards each other. There's not much honour in breakup. And um, I, fortunately, my church is very good at um, challenging each other on taking ownership of their stuff in the, in the breakup. So uh, I could never get away with going around saying, oh, he had some issues. Oh, this is... I'm yeah. never allowed to get away with saying that. Someone would go, oh, so it was all their stuff, was it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, 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 it wasn't. There's something that didn't happen between both of you. Yeah, we'll, we'll go and challenge them. We'll make sure he's accountable to how he behaved with you. And also we're going to make sure that you are accountable to how you behave towards him. And there are two sides for every story. Yes. And I have yeah. seen churches take a side without listening to both. Mm -hmm. And that really disturbs me. That's why people get scared of going in a relationship because they're so worried about losing their own communities. So honor him, cover them. My boyfriends were really good at covering me in the breakup. And that's why we could do friendship still now. And I can call them up and go, hey, I adore you. There's only one ex-boyfriend that I can't do that with. I'm really lucky. But part of it is sometimes we, you'll just take some time back. Sometimes you'll need a bit of space and time before you can actually just go, okay, let's just talk about what actually happened. Have some reflection on what happened. Mm -hmm. But we're really good at coming back and going, hey, I, I really wanted to cover you and look after you and... But we'll hash it out behind closed doors and see what happened there, you know, so we can both learn and grow. I've learned so much from my boyfriends. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. I, I, it's funny. I've always wondered that. Why is it that we could be so in love with the person and then at the point of breakup, they become Hitler? I mean... They never loved them in yeah. the first place. They right. never loved them in the first place. Right. You didn't meet my expectations. Right. Therefore, now I hate you. I think in James, it talks about you coveted something, you didn't get what you wanted, and that's why you have quarrels and fights. Amen. You know? Exactly. And that's where we're going wrong. Yeah. And yeah. also there's that feeling of, it didn't work for me, they're awful, and yeah. it's not going to work for anyone, and girls, you stay away from this yeah. guy. Yeah. But for whatever reason, your relationship didn't work. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. mean that there wouldn't be a different dynamic going on with somebody else so it most so, likely would be a different dynamic yeah, going yeah. on with someone else so it, you know it, it, the word says love covers over a multitude of sin also <laughs> i mean does it really ever benefit anybody to go around bad-mouthing anyone anyway i always i always find that you tend to just look like the one with the sour grapes yeah. Yeah. when you don't have anything except yeah. negative things to say anyway i mean it is important to have like one or two friends that you can yeah. you can talk through your grief with yeah. that you can be really honest with that you yes. can be vulnerable with but you want those one or two friends choose them wisely yeah. that they're gonna yeah. keep that to themselves yeah. but you do you do need people to talk to as you're kind of processing what went wrong um any disappointment any yeah. uh, grief for that relationship yeah. you need that so we're not saying don't talk to anybody no. but just choose yeah. who you do speak to wisely I, I call that choosing a good, your good circle of grave diggers, not yeah. the Mark Batterson book, not that grave diggers. <laughs> I, call, I, have my, I have a couple of girlfriends and, you know, when I, I, I call them and when I need to dig a grave and throw someone in it, I can call, okay, I need to, I need to bury somebody right now and I can vent and then, you know, they'll listen and go, okay, yeah, right. So what did you do wrong? Because the one common thing in every relationship in your life it's always you. Yeah. 
you know, and so you want to always bring it back to yourself as the common denominator. If you if you actually look at your own kind of flaws, it really does help to be in a church or anywhere with mm -hmm. someone who was an ex because you're healthily focused on your own part of it yeah. and you can cut them a little grace and mercy for maybe not meeting your expectations or whatever it was that you thought yeah. and just, you know, okay, Lord, you have something else for me, yeah. you know, and for him and yeah. God bless him. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, in closing, you got to ask yourself the question, you know, what are the long-term implications of what you're doing in the short term? Um, I also think we're missing a, a really simple point that my son made so easily and purely last night after um, Layla, who works with us here on the show, and I were searching around for the perfect biblical answer and explanation to dating, you know. And he just really simplified the whole thing. And he said, Mom, I mean, you're complicating it. It's right in front of us. Just get yourself right with God and follow the Holy Spirit. And he said, and if you look at the disciples, it's really all about family, isn't it? And when I think about the conversation that we've been having here and the advice that you've been giving the, the women out there and the, you women watching there, or men, is it really is about looking at each other and looking at each per person as a brother or a sister in Christ and following the Lord, having enough of a personal relationship with the Lord to follow him. Yeah. You know, how-tos aren't biblical. They're really not. You know, there are biblical tenets for marriage and for not being married, you know, but dating, there's no, there's no real, you know, biblical how-to book for it. But the getting yourself right and getting your heart right and walking with the Lord and being in relationship with the Lord so that you can hear from the Holy Spirit, that's always right. And that always leads you down the right path. So, you know, really look clearly at the model of the disciples with Jesus. They just hung out as brothers and sisters in Christ. And if you can just be a sister in Christ and stop looking for an end goal with every man that you meet, instead of looking at someone to be the target of your affection and to be your husband, but look at them and love them as family and as a friend, friend, friendship, eventually what happens is you do marry your best friend. And there are some couple of amazing scriptures. I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of amazing scripture actually that speaks to friendship. So instead of pretending to read you scriptures and forcing them to be about dating when there really are none, the Holy Spirit really leads me to scriptures on friendship because that's where everything starts. Everything starts and everything you've heard here today starts at friendship. Friendship submitted to whatever God's will is, trusting, trust, that he has your very best at heart, like it says in Jeremiah 29. Um, and in Romans 12, it says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Love that, right? You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart for you've been born again, but not to a life that'll end quickly. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. Love Romans. I love Romans. Um, and I love, I think, closing on 1 Corinthians 7. I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. Her interests are divided because it applies to us too, sisters. In the same way, a woman who's no longer married or has never been married can be devoted entirely to the Lord and wholly, embody, 
in body and in spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. And I love that. So if you can limit the distractions and really find your relationship in the Lord, it's such a good place to be. It really is such a good place to be and God will do the rest. Thank you guys. You're awesome. And I love all of you. And um, thanks for watching. We'll be back with another session at another time. Until then, God bless you. Have you ever attempted to read the entire Bible? Did you do it, or did you only make it part way? I'm John Stonge, and I host a podcast that will make it possible for you to make it through the entire Bible, one chapter at a time. I've been hosting the Chapter a Day Audio Bible Podcast since 2015, and every single day of the week, I read one chapter of Scripture, then follow that up with a time of prayer. And if you're looking for daily insights and inspiration directly from God's Word, I hope you'll give the Chapter a Day Audio Bible a listen. You can find it at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.